So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello and welcome to the Pause and Connect podcast. I'm so happy you're choosing to spend the next few minutes with me. Thank you for being here. Now, as always, I promise to make this worth your time. In every episode, I share tools and action steps that you can take right this second to help you improve your connections with yourself and with your children. This is episode number four, and it's called, Listen, Stop Trying to Solve Everything. I'm going to start out with a story about a lady who criticized me. (laughs) No, I promise there's a point to this. I'm not just using this as a venting episode. Um, So I wrote an article for a website about ADHD, about a problem that we had in our family, the research I did to understand it, and how we resolved that issue. If you're not aware, we have a couple of people in our family who have ADHD, and that's an area where I have written quite a bit, and as I have learned to understand the condition. So there was one woman who read my post. Well, actually, she didn't, she didn't read my, my whole article. Um, she read five sentences of it, and she took the time to then find my email address and send me an email to tell me what she thought. And what she wrote was, I had to stop reading after the first paragraph because, (laughs) yes, she said that I had to stop reading after the first paragraph and I was curious and she, she went on to tell me, um, that I, I totally missed the point. I need psychiatric help. Um, and just really laid into me. So this got me curious, you know, what, what did I say in that first paragraph that could have offended her so much? Um, and I, I went back and I looked and um, the paragraph was only five sentences. Um, it was just an introduction. So it was really confusing. How could she know that I don't know about ADHD? That's something she criticized me about. You, she said, you obviously don't know about ADHD. And then how could she tell me that I need psych- psychological help after reading just five sentences? Like, like I, don't, I don't understand that. But the thing is, we all know the truth. She, she couldn't know any of that. She couldn't possibly know any of that because she didn't take the time to actually hear what I had to say or read what I had to write. And that's fine in this case, you know, nobody has to read an entire article if they don't want to. We are free to choose what we want to read and listen to. But I do think if you're going to criticize something, you had better know what you're criticizing. Because the thing was, she only narrowed in on one single sentence in my introduction that she disagreed with. If she would have read beyond that first paragraph, she would have seen how the issue in that sentence was then later resolved. And her criticisms were actually factually incorrect, (laughs) say that five times fast, actually factually incorrect, based on current ADHD research, which I am up on, and she could have learned that if she had read past the first paragraph. So I've been a writer for 12 years, and this is just the way it goes. It's frustrating. It's not right that people can just hurl insults and criticisms and then they walk away. Um, it's, but it is just the way it goes, unfortunately. So I promise this is not a venting episode, like I said. So what does this have to do with parenting and connection, which is what this podcast is about? 
I promise I'm getting there, okay? Um, this example is a really good illustration of something that we all do in parenting, even though we don't mean to. So let me tell you how things went in my mind. I know that these things happen, right? I know that people will criticize me if I if I write, if I have a podcast, I will get criticized. I've experienced it before and I know that it's totally fine to just dismiss an unfair criticism. Like I can do that. But even still, guess what happened to me that night as I was trying to fall asleep? You know, you know. Her comments popped back into my mind and I was so bothered that I couldn't sleep. I spent the night inventing snarky responses that I wish I had sent her. Um, I didn't send her a snarky response. Um, why did I do that though? Why, why did I stay up all night long thinking of snarky responses and feeling hurt by this stranger who wasn't even going to engage with me beyond that insulting email? It was pointless and it only hurt me to do that. So I thought about why the comments wouldn't leave my mind. Uh, I think this is, this is human nature, right? And I think the reason I kept ruminating on these comments is because it hurts to be misunderstood. I'll say that again, it hurts to be misunderstood. And this is where I'm gonna connect this example to the parenting mistake that I think all of us often make. Uh, and there's, it's okay if we make mistakes, okay? It's good to hear about the mistakes so that we can fix them. Let me share an example of how I have personally made this mistake. See if this sounds familiar. So one day my daughter came to me and told me about a problem she was having with a friend at school. I listened for a minute and then when she took a breath, I said, well, did you try talking to your friend about it? <laughs> I'm laughing at myself here. She waved her hand and she said, well, that won't work because, and then she continued to tell me more about the problem. So I listened and I understood more and the wheels in my head kept spinning. So now that I knew more details about the situation, I had an even better solution. So as soon as she took her next breath, I said, oh, I know what you should do. You should write your friend a note to apologize and then give it to her tomorrow. Well, she gave me this crusty look and told me again why that wouldn't work. So now I was annoyed. I'd given her two great ideas. I'm laughing at myself here because I thought they were great. And she didn't even consider them. Like how dare she, right? Why was she even coming to me if she was just gonna ignore my advice? That's what I was thinking. So I told her if she didn't want my advice, she shouldn't have asked for it. Now, remember, again, I'm laughing at myself here because she didn't ask for my advice. I threw it at her and I did it twice without even listening to her. I was jumping to conclusions. I, I did what this reader did to me. I threw my opinions and my advice at her without even hearing her out. So what did my daughter do next? Well. She got mad at me and she stomped away. This would have been a really good time for me to reset myself, take stop, stock of what's going on and evaluate my actions. But I was so upset, my emotions were going, that I blamed her for the outcome of our interaction. And you know what I did? I made it even worse by yelling after her that she should be more grateful. This was super unkind of me. From the moment I jumped in without hearing her, to the moment I got offended and blamed her. The thing is, 
I was behaving just like that woman who read only five sentences of my article. That woman assumed immediately that she knew more than me about a subject that I was well versed in. She even offered me advice, remember? She told me to get psychiatric help after reading five sentences. So same thing, when my daughter came to me with a problem and I jumped in to solve it for her, I did exactly what that woman did to me. And remember, I know how it felt. It felt awful when she criticized me without hearing me out, just awful. So once I made that connection, I realized my daughter felt just awful when she was trying to tell me something and all I was doing was interrupting to tell her how to fix it. I wasn't listening. I wasn't hearing. I was butting in when it wasn't even necessary. Now, I never got to find out if my daughter even wanted advice or help because I never let her finish talking. And she rightfully stormed away. So then the interaction became about these bad feelings that she and I were having. So I turned it into an, a bigger issue and I made it about me. <laughs> that was really unfair of me to do to her. She may have wanted advice after all was said and done, or she may have wanted to just vent to me and then she may have figured out their next steps herself. But ever, whatever she wanted, I didn't give it to her. I left her alone to solve the problem and I don't know what she did. However she solved her problem, I didn't get to be a part of it and I never even got to know the end result because I totally broke that connection. Now, we do this without meaning to. Maybe our child is fumbling with their zipper and so we just jump in and do it for them because we're in a hurry. Maybe they actually appreciate it or maybe they fight it, but either way, they probably feel that we don't really have confidence in their abilities. Just like that woman showed me she didn't have confidence that I knew what I was talking about. The difference is, the woman wasn't my mother. I could write her off and forget about her or make a whole podcast episode about her, I guess. But our kids need to know that we have confidence in them. When I interrupted my daughter to give her advice and then I got mad at her for not taking my, my advice that she didn't even want, I definitely showed her I don't have confidence in her. Here's some more examples. Maybe our child is telling us about a problem with a teacher, or maybe they're telling us about a creative project they wanna work on, something really positive. Or maybe they're telling us they're bored, lonely, angry, or maybe even they're happy. They're just telling us they're happy. Maybe they're telling us a big dream for the future. But no matter what, if we jump in and tell them what to do, we're making them doubt that they can come up with their own solutions. And we're not hearing what they're saying. We're not connecting with them. And they might get frustrated with us, and rightfully so. So then, as in the case with my daughter, we might get upset back at them. But like I said, it wasn't my daughter's fault. I was the one not listening. I was the one who thought I knew everything, even though I hadn't taken the time to listen to everything she was saying. The thing is, our lives are busy, even when life isn't busy, you know what I mean? Let me explain, like, kids are just busy even when nothing extraordinary is going on. There's just so much to do in the daily tasks of keeping them alive and well and educated and all of that. So then when there's a lot of additional things going on, life can be downright chaotic. And I know that I personally get on the busy track and try so hard to be efficient with my time that I get a little too efficient with my time with my kids. In my mind, it's like I'm thinking, how can we get to the point of this story so we can wrap it up and I can get, can get back to the hundreds of things I have to do? I mean, I don't think I'm consciously going through that in my mind when my children talk to me, but I'm kind of living in that mindset where everything is an item on a list to check off. 
which means even my kids and their problems are an item on a list. Do you relate? Maybe it's busyness that makes us do this. Maybe it's emotional distance. Maybe it's that we haven't learned to communicate by listening yet. Whatever it is, let's resolve to pay attention to this in our relationships. Let's do better for our kids. Let's all try to listen beyond the first paragraph. When our preschooler is crying because he fell, let's not try to make the crying go away. Let's listen to what he's feeling. When our second grader is angry because her sister took her book, let's not shush her so we can solve the problem. Let's listen to how she's feeling. When our teenager is complaining about everything they have to do, let's not tell them how good they have it. Let's listen to what they're feeling. I know that focusing on this will improve your relationship with your child. I'm so confident of this because as I've become more aware and I've tried to stop jumping in, I've learned so much about my kids. So let's rewrite the scenario I shared earlier about my daughter telling me about a problem at school. If I could go back and redo it, this is how I wish it had gone. So here's, here's how I wish it happened. This is the story. My daughter started telling me about a problem she was having with her friend. My ears perked up because I thought everything was fine in her friend group. I stopped and gave her my attention, eager and curious to hear what she had to say. A few times I didn't understand what was going on, so I asked for clarification. Then I let her keep talking. She shared so much. I had no idea these issues were happening, and now I'm really concerned for her and her friends. When she was finally done telling me the whole story, I gave her a hug and said, that sounds hard. She nodded and told me a little more. Once it seemed like she was done with her story for good, I asked her if she knew what she was gonna do about it. She shared a few ideas and I told her they were really well thought out. I asked if she wanted any suggestions from me. She said she still felt unsure of how to handle one issue and wondered if I had any ideas. I had one, so I shared it, and then that sparked a better idea that she came up with. She went to school the next day empowered to handle her situation, and she did almost all the thinking on her own. <sighs> That's how I wish I had handled it. That would have been so much better. But now I know. Now I, I've realized I have this tendency to jump in before I've been invited. So now I can consciously try to create the attentive, listening scenario that I just laid out. So this is my conscious process and I'm gonna share with you. I don't always follow this because I'm human and I get impatient, but when I'm conscious of it, when my children are talking to me and I am conscious that I want to hear them, I do four things. These are the four things. One, I listen and I only interrupt if I need to clarify something they've said. Otherwise, I'm just listening. Two, I empathize and tell them that I understand what they're going through is hard. Sometimes I hug them as I do that. And this is a really important step because once they feel they've been heard, truly heard, they have so much less fight in them. Now they can see their issue more clearly and they can problem solve. So that was one, listen, two, empathize. Three, I ask them if they know what they'd like to do. Sometimes they have an idea and sometimes they don't. So that's one, listen, two, empathize, three is ask if they know what they're gonna do. And four, the final step, I ask them if they want any suggestions from me. If they don't, I let it go. I wait to give them advice until they've had the chance to be heard, to feel empathy, and to think through their problems on their own. And this is important too. If they say they want suggestions, I try not to give them a big definitive solution. 
I'll suggest something small and I'll phrase it as a thought, something to just get them thinking. So like if two kids are fighting because they want to pick different TV shows, I might say at the suggestion stage, that fourth step, I might say, oh, well, I wonder how your brother is feeling right now. Or I wonder who got to pick the show last time. This still allows my kids to think for themselves to find the solution and I'm not, I'm not jumping in with a solution. So here's your action plan. I'm gonna lay it out again. Follow this four step formula the next time your child has a problem, the next time they're talking to you. The four step formula goes, one, listen, two, empathize, three, ask, four, ask. So we're gonna break it down again. Listen, number one, this is the first step. You're gonna listen when your child talks, only listen. You can interrupt only if you need clarification. Then the second step is empathize. You're not gonna minimize their problems or solve their problems for you, for them. You're gonna say things like, this sounds hard, I'm sorry you're going through it. You're gonna give them a hug if they'll let you. You're gonna focus on connecting through empathy. The third step is to ask. If they haven't resolved their problem yet, you're gonna ask them what they think they'd like to do, and then listen. And the fourth step is also ask, but in this step, you can ask if they would like any further suggestions, okay? So that's one, listen two, empathize, three, ask what they think they'll do, four, ask if they'd like any further suggestions. Now the beauty of these four steps is you can restart anytime. So like, let's say that they get worked up at step three when you're asking what they think they'll do. And, and they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what, 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 they'll, what I can do. I don't, I don't know how to handle this. And maybe they start crying and maybe they have a, a, a meltdown right there. You can just stop and you can go back to step one, which was listen. And you can go back to step two, which is empathize. And so you can, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I asked that question. That must have felt really overwhelming. Tell me again how you're feeling and empathize with them. The key is to let them to have their emotions and their own ideas, and then wait until they've done that before you ask if they want any further ideas. And like I say, you can go through these steps as much as, much as you need to. Anytime you can stop and you can go back to listen and empathize. So does that make sense? Remember, listen, empathize, ask what they want to do, ask if they want help. You know, send me an email at connect at rebeccabrownwright.com if you have any further questions or ideas about this subject. And if this resonated with you, please consider sharing this episode with a friend who could use the ideas. And remember, one, listen, two, empathize, three, ask what they think they'll do, and four, ask if they'd like any further suggestions. I hope that's been helpful for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I sincerely love you, I really do. And I know that you're already such a wonderful mama. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you, and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.